0: This is Tim Bryan, pastor of Lifeway Apostolic Church, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. My prayer is that this message will inspire, build your faith, and draw you closer to Jesus Christ. Enjoy this message. Last week we preached about the the tempest of the sea. Today, we're going to talk about what happens after the tempest, and I believe God has given me a message today, in fact, He just gave me a chapter, and we're going to talk about that here in just a few moments. But I I, I want to just share with you, uh, God has brought us from a mighty long way. I say God has brought this church from a mighty, mighty long way. I want to send you, there's a picture that's about to be thrown up there, a couple pictures. Um, two of which are five years from today. This is in our living room at our home. This is our second or third service that we had. And what you notice, that's all my family that showed up for my birthday. We made them come to our church in our home. Um, you have another. Did you see the computer right next to me to the right? Um, right here. That was our praise and worship. I had a, a wireless keyboard and, I advanced a song and we sang I'm not even sure, I think we even sang one of the songs we sang a lot was Holy Spirit by Francesca Battistelli, I think I tell you say her name Um, that's all my nieces and nephews I think it's all family who was there? Malcolm and Larry was probably there Um, in that service. I think we had 17 that day, glory to God. Week before that, we had seven. We more than doubled the next week. But that man sitting in that chair had a lot of questions. I had a lot of questions. And I didn't have answers for them. But I knew God told me to start a church. And my wife sent me those pictures this morning. And I think, thank you, Lord, for where you brought us from to where we are today. We've had many people baptized in Jesus' name. Many people filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We've seen cancer leave bodies. I say we've seen cancer leave bodies. We've seen people come and be healed by the power of the Lord. You can't, you've come too late to tell me my God is not on the throne. I said, you've come too late to tell me my God is not. I said, the Lord is on the throne today. And what God has done over the past five years pales in comparison of what we're going to see this coming year into 2020. I said, my God is still on the throne. Hallelujah. So I have faith today that you're going to walk out of here different. I'm going to preach a little bit differently than what I have ever done before because we're going to do what the Word of God tells us to do. Our classes are dismissed in the name of the Lord. We thank and we thank our teachers here today for taking care of our children and our young people. Thank you again to Indiana Bible College. If you've come for a Expository, eloquent message here today. You'll probably never get that here, <laughs> but uh, I want you to share. Once you to open your Bibles to First Samuel, First Samuel chapter number seventeen, and I'm a firm believer that we should do what the Word of God says to do. Uh, thank you, brother Mike. I said we. I'm a firm believer that your church should emulate the Word of God. Um, and when the Bible says things that happens, I think that we could emulate those things with faith and things will change. Um, I'm going to ask in the next few moments of this message, I have no idea how long I'll preach. It may be five minutes and we all may go home and, and, and you think that was the worst thing that ever was spoken. But today... We're just, I don't have any notes. God just gave me a scripture. So 1 Samuel, chapter number 17. We understand the story that has been preached and sang about. Um, We have, uh, I mean, how many knows the story of David and Goliath? You got some good hands that went up. So I'm not in a room of people that do not know the story. It's an incredible story. There's so many messages that can come out of this story. There's so many things that you can learn um, uh, in, in the book. So we're going to look at this and um, we're going we're to take on some things that the Word of God says. I, um, there's one thing I have learned that um, when you are walking with the Lord, and you, you you're making decisions and you're doing things, and there's a time and there's a time that you got to go back to the Word of God and say, "Am I really doing what the Bible says to do?" Right? What they call that is a re- you're realigning your walk with God. You're realigning to make sure that you're not being uh, led astray by by anything. So, first, first Samuel is going to help us here today. Um, um, first Samuel, chapter number 17. And we find in verse number 1 that Philistines gather together with the armies to battle. Uh, let me just say this. The enemy of your soul is an organized bunch of, bunch of heathens. You don't think the devil is not organized. He is organized. I said, he is organized. Hell is unified to take you out. Satan is unified to take you out. He, 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 he has a plan of attack. And when the church is not organized and the church is not unified, it's very difficult to defeat an enemy that is unified. So we find that the Philistines are gathered together, their armies to battle were gathered together at Shokok, which belongeth to Judah, and pitched between Shokok and Azekah, and the other place, Ephesus. We'll just leave it there. And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together and pitched by the valley of Elah and set the battle in array against the Philistines. And the Philistines stood on a mountain on the other side, and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side, and there was a valley between them. Everybody say there was a valley. We could call that the valley of decision. Something was going to happen in that valley. We find in verse number four there went up out of a champion out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath, whose weight, uh, whose height was six cubits and a span. And he had a helmet of brass upon his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of brass. And he had Greaves of brass upon his legs, and a target of brass between his shoulders, and the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his spear's head weighed six hundred shekels of iron, and one bearing a shield between a went before him. And he stood and cried unto the armies of Israel, and said unto them, Why are ye come out to set your battle in array? Am I not am not I a Philistine, and ye a servants to Saul? Choose you a man for who For you, and let him come down unto me, I find it interesting that when the enemy of, of Goliath here he is, he is described in a, in, a, in a kind of a beautiful way, what about his armor and how big he was it 's very beautiful, and I said, Lord, why did did, did, did did the writer express the beauty and the mass and the, and the strength and the power and, and how great Goliath was? well obviously we know the end of the story and how delayed David collected his armor in his tent it's not to, to glorify the enemy but it's just to show you what you're about to take out let me say that again it's not to glorify the enemy but it's about what you're about to take out in your life hmm. what the devil wants to do is describe everything in detail what's coming against you to intimidate us to try to put us on the back row of our lives and put us in a place that, that we will be in fear. But I'm here to tell you, when the devil comes to me and he begins to describe all the armor and all the warfare that he's about to put on me, I look at that and say, well, buddy, you don't know what you're coming in contact with, and I have a God that is on my side, and I'm about to take all those attributes, take all those compliments that you have on your body and put them in a place of victory. That's how we need to look at the enemy, look at Goliath. Goliath was a large man. He was a man that was fierce in battle. He was a man that had had intimidation written all over him. Last week I talked about the tempest and how the tempest can bring intimidation, how it can destroy our lives and take us to places that we had never thought we would go. Never thought that we would succumbed to. Never thought that we would go down the road or be a, across the sea. We never thought that that, that tempest would take us to places that, that we now are at. And we find that Goliath was, was a man that was intimidating the children of Israel. Now, each and every one of us have a Goliath in our life that likes to speak intimidating things into our life. Each one of us have a a Goliath. Each one of us have a Tempest. Each one of us have a, it may not be called Goliath, but let's call it for what it is. It could be fear. It could be uh, anxiety. It could be doubt. It could be a lack of a self-esteem. It could be, uh, a sin, it could be an addiction it talks to you every day it could be an attitude that pops out in your life and it's something that you're faced with and I don't want to go down that road I don't, I don't want to fall prey to that again but it's a Goliath that keeps talking to you it's, 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 a, it's an intimidating factor because if you could only destroy that Goliath, if you could only take him down a notch, your life would be a whole lot easier Many of us think that money is the answer to our problems. Money is not the answer to our problems. Jesus is all the answer you need to every problem. We find that Goliath was an intimidating factor. I did a little bit of study on this. And and one, one commentary was saying that those men, Israelite men, were on the other side of that mountain for 40 days. Being intimidated. Now, if you understand the, the number of 40, 40 years, 40, you'll understand the, 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 uh, the magnitude of what 40 means. But they were in a place of decision, of intimidation, of, 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 of all out, uh, uh, did of fear in their tents, the Bible says. They were so fearful of Goliath. But here's what we want to do today. We are not going to allow the Goliaths in our life to intimidate us anymore. Hear me right now. There are people, I'm just going to be, just put it out there. people in this room that you're bound by addictions. You need to speak to that Goliath today, and we're going to tear that thing down in the name of Jesus. Some of us got anger problems. God's going to, you're going to speak to that today, and that's going to come falling down in the name of Jesus. Some of you got family problems. We're going to speak to that issue, and it's going to come down in Jesus' name. Hmm. I feel the Holy Ghost right now in this room. I'm tired of the church being intimidated. We should not and will not from this day forward be intimidated by anything of this world or anything the devil throws at us. I said, we will not be intimidated any longer. I got a few amens. I'm going to go over here. I said, we will not be intimidated any longer. Do I have a witness on this side? I shall not be moved or intimidated by the things of this world anymore. I said, I'm going to say it again. I will not be intimidated by the things of this world anymore. preaching to a group of people that need to hear this message today. Hmm. The challenge has been put forth. Goliath has proclaimed. He makes a stand. He has a unified army behind him. He's got four brothers with him, just as big and as bad as he is. He's got he's got men and with him. He's got an intimidating attitude. He's got a, a strong personality. He's got, he's got words that, that will match anybody. He's got a script, probably, to begin to speak to us. And then those words are very, very poignant, and those words are very strong. And he says, Send me a man. He did not ask for a lad, he asked for a man. He asked for somebody to step out and fight him one-on-one. He goes on to say, he says, am I not a Philistine and ye servants to Saul? He says, I am a Philistine and you're just a servant to Saul. Choose you a man for you and let him come down to me. And if he be able to fight with me and to kill me, then we will be your servants. But if ye, I prevail against thee and kill him, then shall ye be our servants and serve us. The reason why they waited and it was intimidated because it was a life and death issue. I want to tell you, it is a life and death issue, this spiritual thing. Let me say this again. I said it's a life and death issue Hmm. when we allow the enemy of our soul to intimidate our worship and to intimidate our praise and to intimidate our witness it is a life and death issue I'm here to tell you today when we come together to worship and we become to magnify God, there should be an intensity that rises up in a believer that says, I don't care what you say to me, I don't care where you come from, I don't care how big and how glorious you think you are, I come with something greater, and it is the name of Jesus Christ to have a believer in this place that is willing to call on the name of Jesus uh, in the middle of intimidation in the middle of an onslaught from the enemy now here's where we play out the scenario is that many in this room right now and I have talked to many well I've talked to everybody in this room but I know there are things that are intimidating you in your walk with God that you have allowed and you've allowed the devil to have access in areas and you have surrendered because you don't think there is an outcome different than what you have this is the way it always be pastor this is the same situation over and over again i will never overcome this addiction, I will never overcome this problem. I don't think we can ever get out of this situation. My family will never see the, the goodness and joy. I'll, we'll never have peace, and we'll never do this, and we'll never. You need to get the word never out of your vocabulary right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Don't come with me never because my God is forever. I said, My God is forever, and my God is joy. My God is power. My God is grace. My God is mercy. And I've been with Jesus. And I've seen him face to face. And I see him high. I see him lifted up. And his train of victory fills the temple. So You can't tell me God is not victorious. Your situation may look dim. Your situation may look like something you can't get yourself out. And guess what? You can't get yourself out of it. I said, you can't get yourself out of it, but uh, I have a name that is above every name. I said, I have a name that's above every name. And there will be a day, Bible says there will be a day that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. So if I know that day is coming, and I know I serve an eternal God, and I know I serve a God from the beginning to the end, that same God is in this room right now. And I can tell you what the prophet said about there will be a day when every knee and every tongue will bow, and I'm going to apply that today and say my situation, my Goliath, you, your tongue will bow, your knee will bow to the presence of the almighty God. Goliath is out to intimidate us, to he say, hey, come out and fight me. I don't need to fight the enemy. Let me, hey, let me just say, I don't need to fight the enemy. <laughs> I said, I don't need to have, I don't need to fight the enemy. It's not, it's, it's not a blood sport. It's not, I, the Bible says we, fle- we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers and spirit, spirits of darkness in high places. I'm here to tell you, I can't get I can't tackle those things I can't fight those things but if I have the backing of the war of the Lord and his presence along with me I can fight whatever comes my way we find that David was sent to see his brothers David was and he gets word of all this stuff now I hope I can articulate well how, what the Lord has shown me in the scripture, you've probably heard this message, but this is timely for us today. This is timely for us today. There's something different when a child of God hears the challenge of Goliath versus somebody that doesn't have a walk with God. There's a difference. Because if you look in scripture, when David hears the challenge, his attitude was different. Many people were in the tent shaking in their boots, scared half to death. But when a servant of the most high God who has been walking with God, seeing the victorious things of God, David's attitude is different than the people that were in that tent. Let me tell you, the Bible says his attitude was different than his brother's. There are people in this room, your attitude is different than other people's because you have seen the grace and the mercy of God be victorious in your life and this is just another Goliath coming down the road and you say, you know what, I don't care who he is, I don't care where he's from, I don't care what his name is, I don't care how loud he is, I don't care where, who his friends are, I don't care how many brothers he has, I don't care where he if he's a Philistine or not a Philistine, I'm going to come to him with a name that's up, give me something get what, there's rocks, I'm going to the the brook to get me some stones. He says, in in verse number 23, he says, and as he talked with him, behold, there came up a champion. So David was there, and the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, and all the armies of Philistines, and spake according to the same words, and David heard them. Somebody say, David heard them. Sometimes we got to get in the position to hear the devil. Get in the position of prayer, and we get put. It, God will lead us to a place of confrontation from the things of this world. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him, and were so afraid. And the men of Israel said, "Have you seen this man that has come up? Surely to defy Israel has come up. And it shall be that this man who killeth him, the king will enrich him. He'll give him provision. I'll just I just kind of put it quickly. He'll give him provision. He'll give him future sons, and he'll give him freedom." And David spake to the men that stood by him, saying, "What shall be done to?" the man that killeth this Philistine and taketh away the reproach of Israel. For who is the uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? What's the attitude of David? He says, who is this man who has the audacity, who has the the gumption, who has the attitude? Who who does he think he is? I said, who does he think he is? That's the kind of attitude we got to have when we look at the devil and we look at the Goliath center. Who do they think they are? Who does the devil think he is that can come in and take my praise, They come in and take my, my, my prayer life, They come in and take my family, They come in and take my, what belongs to God? Who does he think he is? Does he not know who he is and who my God is? So David was on an attitude and a mission to remind Goliath to remind him of who he served. The Bible says in verse number 27, The people answered him with this manner, saying, So shall it be done to the man that killed him. And Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spake unto the men. And Eliab's anger was kindled against David and said, Why camest thou down here? And with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? And not you know your brothers and your sisters will try to talk you out of it? The people that you love, that you're sitting on the seats with, that you're in the midst of the supposed battle with, the people around you, you got to be careful who you hang out with. Because when God tells you to take on that Goliath, and other people will try to, you need to go back home. That attitude doesn't belong here. Don't you understand how great he is? But David said, no, 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 I know who my God is, and he's greater. Hmm. Okay, we're getting somewhere. So, Here's, here's the thing. David gets this attitude of, I'm going to take him on. Y'all can sit here if you want to. I said, Y'all can sit here if you want to. And this is kind of the attitude that I feel in my spirit today. Y'all can sit there if you want to. Y'all can worship or not if you want to, but I know what I'm going to do. You can pray if you want to, but guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to pray. You you, you cannot worship if you don't want to, but I'm going to worship, Brother Mike. I'm going to serve God. You can love everybody if you want to, but I choose to love everybody. Mm. Many times, and what the Antichrist is trying to do in today's churches and in today's life is that he wants to get people from just knowing that God's there and he doesn't want them to get to confronting the Goliath in their life. He doesn't want them to to understand who God is. That's why we started the service with seeing God face to face. Because if you've been in the presence of the Almighty God and you see Jesus for who he is and for how much power and strength and might, the things of this world and the pain and the suffering that we may endure for this time and this night or this hour or this year or whatever the case may be, it pales in comparison to the strength and the power and the love and the enduring strength of the Almighty God. Uh, I counsel with people, I talk to people, and it's a lot of woe is me. A lot of, well, Pastor, you don't understand. I may not understand, but do you understand what this says? I understand, but do you understand what this says? I understand what 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 you're going through, and I may not get it all. I may not have all the things, but but I know what the Word of God says. uh, In the face of my enemies, i got to have a certain attitude. That when I've been in the presence of God, it gives me a special attitude. It it gives me a strength. It gives me a guidance. It gives me a direction. And when David saw Goliath and he saw the manipulation of the people that were around him, uh, he said, something has got to be done. Something's got to be done. So, what Saul do? He said, "Well, young man, you're in for the battle of your life. Uh, you need to come here. We got to get you some armor. We 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 got to get you a sword. We we got to get you a. Shoe. We got to match what Goliath here has. And that's the problem. You try to measure your weapons against what the weapons of Goliath has. You better be careful." Well, the devil's got this, so I, I, I better get this. Well, the devil's got that, I, 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 I need to grab this. and I, I, The devil's got this attitude, so I need to do this. And, and he's got that armor, he's got that sword. I, I, man, I could get a bigger sword. You don't need a bigger sword. Hear me right now, you don't need a, a bigger prayer life. You will should grow in your prayer, but all you need is the name of Jesus. Because whatever armor he has, I have a name that applies to everything. You got a sword, I got Jesus. You got a sling, I got Jesus. You got a helmet, I got Jesus. You got those 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 coats of uh, of mail, I got Jesus. You're nine foot tall, Uh, my God's a lot bigger than you. You have the wingspan of this? Well, my God is forever. He is from the east, he is from the west. He's from the heavens down to the earth. And guess what? He created all those things you're wearing. He created the land that you're walking on. So my God is bigger than whatever it is. tell me today that God's not on the throne I've seen God reheal, I've seen God take, take cancer and somebody actually vomit up the cancer in their body, I've seen God heal the sick, I've seen God heal my body I felt God heal my body I know God healed my body I've seen people go from a time of addicted to drugs to walking clean, I've seen people go from adulterous relationships to walking the straight and narrow and married and having a successful walk with God a walk with their, with their loved one. I'm here to, you come too late to tell me that you're a giant and your devil is too big for my God. I believe for the end of today, you're going to find grace in the eyes of the Lord. My God. Mm. So, David prepares for Goliath. He's got this heavy weight and all this armor. And here's the thing. I, I think the Lord, during... Time of singing and worshiping, this word come to my mind, and I think that the armor that Saul was given, David, he was complimenting him. Hey, you, sh- you could really, you could, you'll do better if you use this. You'll you'll do better if you have this sword. You'll do better if you have this helmet. You'll do better if you have this. And and what people have good, a lot of people have good intentions. Hear me right now. A lot of people have give you good intention and good advice. But you got to be careful what that advice comes from. Because if it doesn't come from the word of God, it's just a compliment of good intentions. Saul had good intentions for David. He had good intentions to try to help him win the battle. But I can't win the battle on good intentions. I can't win the battle on the compliments from my brother or my sister. All we need is a few stones that God's going to guard, guide the way. And all I need is a name that is above it all. We're getting somewhere. Now, you may find this message boring. God help you. This is an incredible story. David prepares for Goliath, starting in verse number 40 in Samuel 17, First Samuel 17. Now, the Philistine came and drew near. Well, let's start at verse number 40. He took a staff in his hand and chose him five smooth stones out of the brook and took them to a shepherd's bag, which he had. Somebody say, which he had. Somebody say, which he had. God will give you victory with what you already have. Hear me right now. You think you don't have it. God says he's already identified it. And what what you have used for evil, God wants to use for good. Hear me right now. God used what David already had. He was already equipped. So don't tell me you ain't equipped. I'll destroy that one too. And he put them in a shepherd's bag, even a script, and his sling was in his hand. David already had a sling. He knew where to get good stones, and he drew near to the Philistine. Now, here's the thing. Many of us walk away from our Goliaths. Think about the posture of David right now. He did not, he already knew he was going to talk, to talk to Goliath. He already knew he was going to combat him. His posture was not hiding behind a tree. Hiding behind a seat row. Hiding behind a wall. Hiding behind, it was not guerrilla warfare. He walked to the enemy. You say, pastor... David's only four foot eleven. Maybe four, I mean, he, he's not very tall. He, he's not a very big guy. And what in the world is he doing walking up to the Philistine like he is? Well, David understood who his God was. Let's go back and visit that again. He knew who his God who his God was. And the Philistine, so David drew new to the Philistine. And the Philistine came on and drew near to David. And now it's on. And the man that bare the shield went before him. And when the Philistine, see, had a guy carrying his own shield. You know what? The devils of the world, they always have these little guys that he goes around and tells everybody what to do. How many's ever had a bully in school? hes He's never alone. He's always got somebody else with him. Amen. Yeah, I'm with him. You know, always backing up the bully. That's what the devil does. He he tries to intimidate us and, 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 and try to get somebody by on his side and somebody with him. So it's really two on one. Two on one. So the Philistine came, drew near to David, and the man drew, that bears shield went before him. And the Philistine looked about and saw David and disdained him. For he was but a youth and ruddy, and a fair countenance. You know, again, why does the writer... Tell us that, that David was red-headed and fair-skinned. No offense to the redheads in the room. But why, 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 did, why did he go? Because there is a perception sometimes that we can't because we don't have and we don't look like so-and-so. Hear me right now. You don't have to look like so-and-so to defeat the enemy. You don't have to look like, like, like the pastor and God help you if you want to look like me. You don't have to look like, like uh, some ev- powerful evangelist to whip the enemy. You don't, you don't have to ha- have uh, you know, a, 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 a surrounding of, of believers with you to whip the enemy. David was surrounded by a bunch of scoffers and a bunch of fear mongers. He, 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 he was around a bunch of people that didn't believe that this could happen. You don't need a crowd. You don't need an amen corner. I mean, uh, can I get an Amen. I said, you don't need an amen corner. You don't need somebody got your back. All you got to do is walk towards the enemy with knowing who your God is and you're about to do something. I said, you're about to do something. We're getting ready to apply scripture. The Philistine said today, come and I will give you thy flesh into the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. Now he's talking trash. He's talking. He said, now I'm going to kill you and something's going to happen after your death. The birds gonna come and eat your flesh. David's like, man, you have no idea what what's about to happen to you. You have no idea where your head's gonna be. You don't have any idea where your head's about to be. It's gonna be my place of victory. You have no idea where your shield's gonna be. You have no idea where your sword is gonna be. It's gonna end up in my palace. David had a mindset. David had a faith that was in him so strong. It did not matter what the words, it did not matter what the attitude of the enemy would put upon him or to approach him with, David always had an answer. And then David said to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with that sword. I, I see your sword. Now, again, the details of the scripture matter. Because you think David didn't see the sword? Oh, he saw the sword. The Bible says he did. Oh, if you, you say, Pastor, I just don't see the, oh, you see the enemy, all right. I, I see what the devil's doing. I know he's out to steal and to kill and destroy. And sometimes it's okay Just look at the devil and say, I know you're here to steal my family. I know you're here to destroy my life. I, I know you're here to, to disrupt things. I know you're here to, to cast lies and cast doubt. I know the weapons of your warfare. I see them for who they are and what they are. David says, I see your sword, I see your spear, I see your shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel whom thou hast defied. You talk about trash talking, with strength and power. Now here's the thing, that when David said this, If you look up the word Lord in the scripture, he was actually saying Jehovah. He said the God of the nation of the world, the God of all things, you have defied. And you're about to get your head taken off. He said this day, somebody say this day. You get those scriptures up there for me? David said these words to the Philistines. That uh, comes to with a sword, your spear, and all your weapons. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied, this day. Somebody say this day. Come on, say it with me, this day. Will the Lord deliver thee into my hand? And I will smite thee and take thine head from thee. And I will give the carcass of the host of the Philistines this day into the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, and all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel because all things are done by him and for him and for his glory. It is not for David's glory, it's for the Lord's glory. I said, for the Lord's glory. I said, for the Lord's glory. I'm here to tell you today like I started the service with God's going to give you grace to fight and face your Goliath in this day and you're going to say this day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand Uh, I'm going to smite you I'm going to take your head off and I'm going to feed you to the fowls of the air utterly destroy the Goliath here's the beautiful thing all I need is one person To speak to your Goliath in this room. Because the scripture tells me exactly what happens after the fact. All I need is one person to say, I'm going to speak to my giant and say, I'm going to look to that giant and say, You're going down today, boy. You have no authority in my home. You have no authority in my mind. You have no authority. To define who I am. You have no authority to keep me addicted. You have no authority to keep me on the back seat. You have no authority to tell me who I am or am not. All I need is one David in this room. All I need is one. Because something's going to happen when one approaches your Goliath. God's shown it to me already. All I need is one. I'm looking for one brave, Holy Ghost-filled, anointed child of God that would be willing in this room. Because I'm not going to say what the rest of Scripture says that will happen. But I believe that if one David stands to your feet and walks down to this front and calls out your Goliath, something's going to erupt in this place. (laughs) Hmm. <tose> yama, ha 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 we can sit here for forty minutes, forty days, forty hours, and we can be looking over the valley of decision all we want, but I God is looking for a David in the midst of believers in this room that you have been fighting that Goliath long enough you've been fighting it and you see his sword and you see his shield, and you're going to step out in faith and when you come to this room, I want you to look at the Goliath in his face and tell him what authority that he used to have, and when you begin to declare what he used to have and then you You say by the power of the name of Jesus Christ, you're gonna I'm gonna take your head off. I come to you with authority. I come with you in unction. I come with you with power in my hands in the name of Jesus. Uh, Oh, come on. Let's uh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this room. How do I have another David? I need a David that is filled with the Holy Ghost to step high. Come on, I know you're sick and tired of getting sick and tired of the same old, same old, the same old battle, the same old intimidation, the same old addiction, the same old heartache. Get out of your seat, David. Get out of your seat, David. Get out of your tent, David. Take up that sling, take up that sack, and take on the name of Jesus Christ. I feel the Holy Ghost in this room right now. Oh, mighty God. Oh, come on. David wasn't quiet about it. He wasn't bashful about it. He he, he wasn't anything about it. He began to call out the name, he began to call out Goliath, he began to call out that situation. He said, You ain't got me this time. I got something for you. I got greater as he that is in me uh, than he that is in the world. I got a word. I got faith. I've got power in my hand. Come on, we're going to walk out of here differently. Come on, speak to that thing. Speak to that Goliath. Speak to that giant. Speak to that addiction. Speak to that sin that so easily has been besetting you and say, this is the day. Will the Lord deliver me out of the hands? Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. If you would like to know more information about our church, please check us out on Facebook at Lifeway Apostolic Church. May God richly bless you.